0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe. This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Available in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADIX when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. In a world that's perfect, lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfectville.
1: Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your 10-6 third overall pick, Miami Dolphins. Now part of the Fanatics Podcast Network or whatever the hell we're calling ourselves. I'm Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Mr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor. How in the hell are you, my friend?
2: What a question, Sam. How am I? How am I? We're 10-6, so that's good. Above expectations before the season, but as the season prolonged and went, the ending sucked. I was pretty uh, upset about that, so I'm, I'm 50-50, my friend.
1: Yeah, 50-50. The Miami Dolphins finish 10-6. They do not make the playoffs uh, because the worst-case scenario played itself out, Chris. The Miami Dolphins not only lose to the Buffalo Bills in Week 17, they lose 56-26, to and I can't mm. believe I'm going to say this, Chris. It wasn't even that close. And uh, not only did we lose, but the four teams that we needed just one of them to lose all decided to uh, stomp mud holes in their prospective opponents. So the Miami Dolphins go from a prospective fifth seed in these playoffs all the way to the eighth seed and the seven seed playoff seeding. So, uh, the Miami dolphins are home once again for the playoffs, but all hope is not lost. Chris, we are 10 and six. We also have the third overall pick thanks to the Houston Texans continuing to do Houston Texans things. We also have the 18th overall pick. We also have the 36th overall pick. We also have, I believe, four picks in the top 50 for the NFL draft. Uh, so all hope is not lost. Chris.
2: No, hope's not lost, but um, very disappointing. And the most Dolphins thing ever, by the way, Uh, let's start 2021. A new season, guys. 2020 is over. Here we go. Um, We're going to do things differently. We need we have four chances, (laughs) four chances to get into the playoffs. And all four of them fall nil Uh, and the Steelers, uh, which, by the way, fuck Judge. From the Giants, a six-win uh, team, Joe Judge. Yes, Joe mad, Judge. Yeah. <laughs> mad that the Eagles played Dan Deerdorf's grandson or whoever his name is and Studafhel or Sudafed or whatever his name is. And uh uh they're mad that they didn't get get a fair shot at six and ten. Motherfucker, we're 10 and six. And if Pittsburgh doesn't sit Connor, Rothesberger, and everybody. They beat the Browns because they barely lost to them by two points, and we're in the goddamn playoffs. And we haven't said a fucking peep because we're not bitches. So shut up, Joe Judge. Uh, you, you're 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 a horrible judge. Judge Judy makes you look like a woman. And um, yeah, shut up. We're ten and six, but like you said, Sam, yes, let's sure. look at the bright side. Let's look at the. Mahoma. Let's look at the bright side. Bright right as the light here to the, my left. Yes. All those picks. We were ten and six. We overachieved, my friend. We overachieved there's games we could have had back the denver game, possibly the seattle game, and of course there's games we won that maybe we shouldn't have like the raider game. So all in all, thinking back to september as the season started, august and september with covid and everything else, i would take 10 and 6 any day and then a what? the third overall pick in a very deep draft. Yes, please. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's very weird when you look at this through the big lens, right? When you when you zoom all the way back out and you take the last six months into account of everything the Miami Dolphins and other teams had to go through with regards to COVID, no training camp, so on and so forth, and you go, wow, they went ten and six, and they have the third overall pick and the eighteenth overall pick. Most Miami Dolphins fans would take that in a heartbeat and 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 run with it. But the fact that the expectations shifted during the season. Uh, everyone's left with a really, really bad, bitter taste in their mouth, especially when you lose to the Buffalo Bills, not once, but twice, and haven't beat them in the Brian Flores era. That is one thing, a storyline going into next season, especially the way this uh, AFC East is starting to look. It looks like it's going to be the 90s all over again, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Brian Flores is going to have to figure out how to topple the Buffalo Bills mountain that is in front of him, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, You take a look at what the Miami Dolphins did overall. And you have to be pleased, especially when you now look at the lack of talent, not only at the wide receiver, Chris, we talked about that on the show. We talked about what happens if Devontae Parker and or Preston Williams aren't available. And we now found out Uh, we just didn't have the talent. We thought we were going to have the talent. We didn't have the talent. But we also don't have talent at the at the running back position. Uh, we're so young on the offensive line that if you look at the amount of time our quarterbacks, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Tua, were given, it's towards the bottom of the league. And you look at all these factors on offense, and they overachieved as a team. That's how good the defense was. That's how good Jason Sanders and the special teams was. And that's how good the coaching staff was, quite frankly, uh, which really leads me into uh, one of the topics that we want to talk about on this last episode of the season, because we're not going to be talking about the season in terms of week to week anymore after this episode. Um, A lot's been made about Chan Gailey here, Chris. Chan Gailey just recently resigned uh, after uh, Brian Flores and Chris Greer came out and said You know what? We expect all of our assistants back. We're now down to assistants. I don't know if you saw the news here today, Chris, but our defensive line coach uh, is is parting ways with the Miami Dolphins as well. But let's stick with Chan Gailey. Much maligned. He seemed to be the whipping boy this season uh, in terms of coaches. There's always somebody that we're going to attack, attack, attack. And this year, it seemed to be old man Gailey. Uh, One season in and he resigns. I wonder, Chris, if he woke up and realized, you know what? I'm 69 years old. Nice. And I'm looking at Twitter. And I don't need a bunch of fucking dorks who eat their boogers telling me how I'm doing bad at my job. I've spent 50 fucking years coaching football. Guess what? Fuck you. I'm retiring again. I'm out. Bye bye, losers. I mean, if I'm Chan Gailey, that's why I resign. I don't need this shit. I'm 70 years old. I just want to fucking write X's and O's on a fucking whiteboard. Why am I getting yelled at by people who've never even played this game before? Uh, But what do you think? I mean, what are your overall thoughts of Chan Gailey? Good, bad or otherwise?
2: Otherwise, um, there's times where he played, uh, called a good game plan, Kansas City game, the Arizona game, uh, opened it up, aired it out. I think Chan Gailey was brought in for one thing, and it was to be the offense coordinator for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like that's the one thing that he was brought in here to do, which is dumb enough, and maybe it's because it's senile, seventy-year-old brain. But if you're dumb enough to think that two is not going to get a shot at all, but maybe it's one of those things he came out. They're like, dude, he's not even a year off of hip surgery. The chances that this guy playing without a preseason or a real training camp are probably very slim, unless Fitzpatrick gets hurt. And he's like, all right, cool, I'm in for like a you know fourteen-plus game season with my old pal Ryan Fitzpatrick, the beard. Uh, I- I'm in. I'll-, I'll come out of retirement to do that. And then here we are. The bye week gets shifted weeks prior than it's normally supposed to be altering all the plans. And then all of a sudden two has it into the offense. And he's like, I don't know how to call for this guy. It wait, can he run? Wait, shit. He's left-handed uh, screens. Let's just run screens. Just keep throwing screens. And he gets, he gets a little bit of flack too much. I was, well, you could, I might be a leader delete this week because I was, I was fucking hot Sunday Um and I was all over Chan Gailey, and I have been a lot this season. Um, but he's also calling plays for uh, Ahmed and Mac Hollins. So it's kind of – you're working with dog shit here and trying to make pottery. Like, it's just – that's tough to do with a rookie quarterback – that was seemed to be struggling. So there's both bad play calling, uh, bad situational awareness in football. Like you throw down the whole field, you get to the red zone, all of a sudden three runs in a row. I, I, I don't know if he's overthinking it, trying to like outsmart the defense, but I'm, I'll, I will just end with this. I'll just end with this. I'm glad he's gone. Bring in somebody young, bring in somebody innovative, somebody that's excited to work with Tua, not Fitzpatrick. Who's almost 40. Bring in somebody else. I'm glad he's gone. Goodbye from Perfectville. Chan Gailey.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, uh, whether you like him or you don't like him, he's gone and we are going to have to replace him. I wonder who we are looking at to replace him. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm curious with Chan Gailey because there were times where everyone was saying he was super vanilla. Chris, I think you said that often that he was just a very vanilla play caller, especially when Tua was in, but then I would see plays where we're doing like triple reverses, you know, laterals back to the wide receiver, who's throwing it to a tight end, who's getting, you know, 55 yards. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem very vanilla to me. Um, what? Why? What is it? It, it, it? Can it be both? Was he too vanilla, but then also almost too creative or, or because you can't do that gimmick shit every single play. At some point, you know, the linemen have to get up and block the guys in front of them. The running back has to find the hole and, and run through the hole. The wide receivers have to catch the damn ball. I mean, if anything was evidence, you look at what happened in that Bills game. We had so many drops that Unreal. it didn't matter what play call was was happening. We just didn't have the talent to actually execute those plays. But then on the other side of that coin, Chris, I, I'm pulling my hair out over here when I see Jakeem Grant lining up and running down the seam as the middle of the field you know, seam ripper, like you can't throw that ball over the top of the defender and let it drop into Jakeem Grant's hands. He's not Tyreek Hill. Everyone says he's a poor man's Tyreek Hill. He's not. He's not that receiver. He's a guy that you have to give the ball in space in the flat and let him create. He's not a guy that can burn past everybody. And then because the angle to get that ball over a normal sized human and then down into that elf's hands, it's just you can't do it. And I'm like scratching my head, going, why the fuck is Jakeem Grant in the slot running down the middle of the field, you know, playing a uh, tag with the safety? That doesn't make any sense. And by the way, Chris, if you are able to do it, like Tua was one time, you uh, of course go back to the drops. Jakeem Grant doesn't know what to do with the ball. So I, It was stuff like that that was driving me mad. Like, you can't put Jakeem Grant in that position. You're setting your team up for failure if your play design is for Jakeem Grant to be the guy that's running down the middle of the field with a safety and a cornerback behind him. That's not what makes, you know, Jakeem Grant maximizes his potential or anything like that. It doesn't make Tua look good as a starting quarterback. Um, But I don't know, man. I'm just so confused with Chan Gailey. I guess I'm glad he's gone as well. And I will say this. I'm not as hard on Chan Gailey as other people are but I don't know what this team's offensive identity is supposed to be. And after 16 games, we should know if we're a running team, a throwing team, uh, if we are finesse team, if we're a power team, like we don't know any of that. Like, I feel like there's more questions now almost than there were before the season. And that's when we had a rookie quarterback coming off a devastating hip injury who'd never played a down of football in terms of the NFL in his life. Like, so the fact that we have zero clarity I think means Chan Gailey probably made the right decision to walk away. I am curious, Chris, if he walked away after the press conference, if he made the decision once he found out that Chris Greer and Brian Flores pretty much flat out said to is our starter, he is our starter. He is our starter. And I'm wondering if after that, Chan Gailey was like, well, then I'm out because maybe he was here for Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah, it could have been that. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's so many meetings that happen in the NFL. There's no way that he found out that's the case. I mean, he's the fifth overall pick um, he's going to be the starter next year. Fitzpatrick's yeah. is literally getting his AARP card in the mail starting in a year or two. So it's not going to be him. It's going to be Tua. And the thing with that is the whole off season last year, you don't know you get Tua until the day one of the draft. So free agency, anything opens up, you don't know who you're building around. Is it Herbert? Is it Tua? Is it, um, a free agent is it Fitzpatrick. We didn't hit anybody in the top five. Uh, we don't know. And we didn't know going in this year, we're going into this draft with a third overall pick with the 18th pick with the 36th pick with free agency to build around the offense. You want to put around to a Tungle by that's the thing. And there's people like my dad who doesn't support me. So he won't listen to this, but I will call out uh, who, and uh, he and I, he's, we're already getting into it. That two Is not the guy He wants to use the third pick on this Wilson kid from BYU. Are you kidding me by the way? Um, and, or, or look into fields if he's there or, um, you know, trading down for a quarterback somewhere else. And I'm like, we had no preseason. We had hardly any training camp. We had COVID, so Zoom meetings. We had a guy coming off less than a year of major hip surgery, and we had him throwing the ball to Matt Collins, uh, Savine Ahmed. Um, Matt Breida did nothing. Our tight end, other than Mike Isecki, was Shaheen and Smythe, and – Parker uh, Wilson or uh, Williams goes down midseason. Parker misses a few games with a you know uh, a very furry vagina, and all of a sudden he's thrown to who Isaiah Ford, who was cut by the team that has no receivers in New England. That we picked up and put his bicycle shorts back out in the slot, and he's starting for us. And we're sitting here and we're saying give up on him. He's done. He's throwing to all these guys. Meanwhile, Tannehill's here for years and years and years. And it's just like, well, Ajayi had bad knees, but making excuse. Oh, Parker didn't have a good season. He's not, you know, hydrating and he's playing video games excuse. Oh, Kenny stills dropped the ball against Seattle excuse. But soon as Tua comes out with all those premeditating factors I mentioned before, we're done already. Even after the numbers he put up in the half of a season with those weapons that he had, are we joking right now? And then everybody goes, Well, you you know, if a quarterback's not that good, you shouldn't have to you know put all these weapons around him. Excuse me, why not? Excuse me, why not? Is Tom Brady saying, guys, this isn't fair? Mike Evans, go play for somebody else. That's ridiculous. I have too many weapons. Are you fucking serious? This is the NFL. You load up on weapons. Fucking Aaron Rodgers has been dry humping a doorknob to every head coach he's had in Green Bay to get him some goddamn wide receivers. And we're sitting here saying, well, if we have to have a bunch of first round receivers, then he's not that good of a quarterback. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And he could be. And why wouldn't we? Why would we go? Well, it's too many weapons. I hate being dominant in the NFL. Shut the fuck up. We're taking a receiver alignment third or we're trading down two as a guy.
1: Well, we are going to be talking about the NFL draft in segment number two of this episode of Perfect Bill. We're going to talk about what the Miami Dolphins could and possibly should do uh, with that pick, not necessarily in terms of drafting the players, but just some of the strategy involved with having the third overall pick uh, when you've got quarterback starved teams all the way around the league here. Um, (laughs) A couple of things here, Chris, because you mentioned his name a couple of times. I spoke to a prominent member of the media, uh, sports media this week, who happens to be a, a friend of mine. It's not who you guys are thinking. And uh, I mentioned Mac Collins and it, I mentioned Mac Hollins in, pa- in passing. And this guy stopped the conversation and said, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Mac Hollins should only be involved on any sort of offensive play if there is absolutely nobody else available in the arena. <laughs> so to put that in perspective, he was like our starting wide receiver at the yeah. end of the year, because we just didn't have anybody. And that's what people in the media think of our wide receiving core. Um, so look, yeah, you need more weapons. I think Devonte Parker is, has solidified himself as a weapon for the Miami dolphins. And beyond that, when you talk about wide receivers, you know, we're going to spend all off season trying to figure out how to fix that room, because right now it's not a very good room. The tight ends did very well. I mean, you talked about Smythe and you talked about Shaheen uh, really Gasicki. sicky is the driving force of that tight end car, but that room collectively, the tight end room this season? No, they did
2: fine. I was just mad. I was angry, Sam. I'm sorry, Smythe and Shaheen. You guys were beautiful.
1: They they were all beautiful. They can spell Smythe and Shaheen with a dollar sign at the beginning of their name. That's how good they were. They were money this season uh collectively the tight end group actually had their best season for the miami dolphins ever in terms of you know pass catching and and productivity if you look at the numbers you can just it's right there but that's about it i mean the running backs weren't good the wide receivers were horrible and you know the offensive line is a work in progress. So you you put all those factors together, and, yeah, it stands to reason you're going to get blown out by a very good team, 56-26. Let me ask you this, Chris, going back to that Buffalo Bills game, week 17. Would you have preferred that the Miami Dolphins made it into the playoffs to play the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round and lose 56-26, or are you preferring that we lose week 17, 56-26, and never make
2: the playoffs at all? yep keep it that way there's no way i'm going into fox nfl playoffs sunday and losing by that much and then actually getting a worse draft pick uh then i would rather just take my licks we don't deserve to be in the playoffs this year that's fine we're already above expectations there's absolutely zero way i would trade the steelers playing their starters they beat the browns we sneak in and then buffalo waxes that ass because they 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 point in matt barkley who by the way also threw touchdown passes (laughs) against us which is absolutely fucking ridiculous absolutely fucking ridiculous um and i'm not sorry i am mad matt barkley you are garbage and you still threw touchdowns against us so that defense gave up at that point completely completely honed it in um real bad and and no no i don't think enough people are talking about that sam and i don't want to like just you know circle back to the game because i'm kind of done with it um but uh our defense was terrible like, other than byron jones making an absolute ringling brothers interception on the sideline like Xavier howard's getting burned and by the way the guy marquise or whoever the hell was catching all those touchdowns i guess was a former dolphin i don't remember him being on the team but supposedly he like you know fingered our practice squad for a moment or something i don't know but uh, based on his wikipedia my brother said he was on our team and it was just an ass waxing without like any kind of like you know wiping afterwards if they are bleeding they just kept going with the wax i know sam's face if you guys could see it um they just kept going and it was very just unethical and very just you know dirty and the way they did it and our defense every time our defense was terrible so terrible and embarrassing josh allen went out there kind of joking around and like slang it all around the turf <laughs>
1: I like that you're so mad. You just talked about bleeding assholes and waxing and never stopping and then hit him with it. It was very unethical. It's just like fucking Senator Colin has the floor. Yeah, it's like uh, my
2: grandmother. She's like, how dare you? you? you just like rub your wiener on your sister? That's unethical. That's unethical. That's
1: unethical. Oh God! Well, uh, it was an unethical performance by the Miami Dolphins, and that they did exactly what they need to do to win, but in the opposite order. They let the other team score early. They let the defense of the other team score. They let the special teams of the other team score. Like those are all the things that the those are our tricks. I said last week that if we were going to win, we needed to cheat because we didn't know who the umpires are going to be, and we had to figure out ways to score early, often, and just like with every unit that we had. And quite frankly, the exact opposite of that happened, and here we are you know talking about ethics in football Sam?
2: what have we learned this season i mean honestly the season's over it's the last show of the season what have we learned sir okay we do the opposite of what you say
1: yeah yeah it's gonna be a very different show in 2021 you're gonna be like why does sam hate the dolphins all of a sudden they keep winning i don't understand why he he hates just like watching the game like (laughs) you do that birdman shit over here like i know what i'm doing but yeah no it's um It was a frustrating way to end the season, but you know what? If we weren't going to win the Super Bowl, I maintain people think you're a bad fan. When you say that I would rather have the 18th pick versus like the 27th pick or whatever the case is going to be. Plus, by the way, here's the part that I hate the most. This is what I hate the most about losing in the fashion that we did. I live in the Bay area here in California. I've had Raider fans, Niner fans, two teams that the Miami Dolphins beat this season, two teams that had worse records overall than the Miami Dolphins this season. They came up to me this week, Chris. They were like, wow, what an embarrassing performance by the Miami Dolphins, 56 to 26. What do you have to say for your team? Like, I can't believe you even repping their colors. Like, my God, I'm like, you pieces of hoe shit. I can't believe that you're talking crap to me when my team beat the crap out of the 49ers and came back and stole and ended the season for the Las Vegas Raiders. Why the fuck are you guys even talking to me without written permission from a doctor? Like, I don't understand at all why you guys have... Any reason to talk to me this season about the Miami Dolphins losing 56 to 26 in embarrassing fashion? I'm sorry, 49ers. What was the score of that fucking game in your home fucking city? What was that? What was the score of that Miami Dolphins game? Raiders, what happened? Did you turn the game off early because you thought you won? Shut the fuck up, other fan bases that are worse than me. Like, that's like a fat guy giving me advice on how to lose weight, Chris. I don't understand what the hell the Raiders and Niner fans are doing out here in California, but they certainly aren't shutting the fuck up like I asked them to.
2: It's obviously uh, math. <laughs> it could be math. That's it. It's probably math. I mean, I mean, honestly, they, they, I mean, they just talk shit. That's it. That's Cowboys fans, you know, That's sports I, fans. You're right. Yeah. I, I, yeah but I live in a melting pot. Like you, Sam, where like a lot of like people move from like the Northeast, the Southeast, you know, the West, everybody wants to, everybody wants to live in North Carolina because like the cheap taxes and uh, inexpensive houses. So everybody moves here with a five one six area code from the fucking Bronx or Long Island. And they're all like, yeah, hey, the fucking giants. And I'm like, you, you won six games. We did that literally in October. So, like, you shouldn't be even trying to get into the playoffs right now. Are you kidding me right now? Although I do love the memes. The internet's undefeated, Sam. And I oh. love the meme of the Dolphins uh, looking out at uh, you know, the window, the, the, the Squidward meme, looking out at, you know, the two six-win teams, like, vying for playoffs as we have 10 wins. 10 wins. Yeah it's that's the thing, Sam, we had 10 wins. It's a fun fucking season, right? Remember last year. Do you remember last year, Sam? I know you do. We were watching, we're doing the show every week. We're losing every week, maybe pulling out a nail biter against the fucking jets celebrating the most ridiculous things like an onside kick recovery when we lost by 30 and here we are, we won 10 games, man. Like with what in the preseason was a daunting schedule that nobody would have picked us to win. And here's the best part. We get one more next year hopefully more playoffs, 17 regular season games, most likely to be agreed upon. And our team's just going to get better. All those draft picks, 30 million of cap space, free agents want to be here. They're liking stuff on Instagram and Twitter. They want to be here. The Robinson's the, the, uh, whatever the the receiver from Detroit, they want to be here. Marvin Jones, Jr. Thank you, sir. Marvin, if you want to be on the show, I'd love to apologize in person. Thank you so much. There's free agents want to be here, Sam. No state taxes, young core, second youngest team in the league. And Brian Flores has motherfucking respect. And when he walked on that field, I'm telling you right now that Bengals game, when he walked on that field, ready to fight, pulling his mask down, every single NFL football player that saw highlights on NFL football, a good morning football on sports. Next day we're like, God damn, I want to play for that fucking dude. So I'm telling you right now, we might get some bargain deals. This team's going to look different.
1: And you're right. The internet is undefeated. I saw so many good things coming on the, uh, coming on the old Twitter box here this week, which uh, is great because It's almost that time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go pay the bills, as they say in the biz. And we're going to come back with your favorite, my favorite, Chris's favorite, elite Tweet or Delete
0: Tweet right after these words. You see, when you're a hairy mofo like me, you require special tools to meet your needs. And when I'm talking needs, I'm talking help, which extends to below the belt. And with the Manscaped Perfect Package, making between the knees breezy comes easy. With the Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof design, featuring advanced skin-safe technology and soft ceramic blades, you'll turn that jungle into a perfectly Manscaped yard. Toss in the ball deodorant and toner, and you'll be feeling like Peter North Down Under in no time. Go to Manscaped.com and use our promo code FINSUP. F-I-N-S-U-P, and help us help you save balls today.
1: And we're back, and it's time for the best segment in the history of podcasting. Of course, we're talking about Elite Tweet, Elite Tweet, or Delete Tweet. Easy for me to say there, Chris. Are you ready for a little bit of Elite Delete action, Doctor? Oh, I'm
2: always ready for action, sir.
1: All righty. Well, this one comes from Dylan Ashcroft, who's actually a writer here on the Fanatics Network, uh, at Dylan John thirty four. How pissed is the fan base going to be when Miami drafts Parsons with that first pick, Michael Parsons, linebacker, yeah. Penn State?
2: I don't know. I'd I, I would say I wouldn't delete that. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, we need offensive weapons. Let's be real. But if you guys have seen the highlights and the videos and the pictures of Micah Parsons from Penn state, he makes cam wake look like Bryant Gumbel. Like it's, it's like that it's that he's, I mean, maybe not that much, but like he, he is fucking a monster. He, he played running back in high school. He had like, Forty-five touchdowns at running back in high school, dude. Like this kid's athletic as shit. Gets to Penn State to put him in middle linebacker. Has like eighty-two tackles and only starts four games. Sophomore year has fourteen tackles and like two, three, or four sacks in a Cotton Bowl. Unbelievable. I think he runs a four-four forty. He's like six, four, six, five, 240 something like that. Shredded like cheese, and just looks ridiculous. And I don't know if we get to three, and this draft being so deep with receivers as it is in running backs where Brian Flores goes, guys, I'm going to take him. like, and just, I need him on my defense because I want to coach this guy and I don't want to coach to coach against them. That that's it. So elite tweet. I'm not deleting that. If we pick him, I wouldn't be upset at all.
1: You know, you convinced me. I was going to tell Dylan to delete that shit because I wasn't a Micah Parsons fan, but you sold me on one of the stats that you told me there, Chris, is the fact that Micah Parsons plays running back. And if we can get a linebacker <laughs> slash running back, we don't have to spend a draft pick on a running back later playing both ways boys Playing both ways rblb there you go man i like it elite tweet there you go dylan see dylan knows what he's talking about all right i get it i understand i i see it now all right this one comes from old friend old fan hell friend mr casey brock aka at basie crock uh very simple tweet here chris and i think he's gaslighting here a little bit but this is what casey says Dolphins OC, Adam Gase. Yep, that is his replacement for Chan Gailey, according to at Base Dolphins offensive coordinator, Adam Gase. Now, elite tweet or delete tweet?
2: Okay, so I would say normally to delete this, um, but now that I've heard it, okay, now that I've heard it, Sam, I uh, <laughs> I just picture Flores like being a real stern head coach and gays just come up and like, Hey, uh, you should run an onside kick here. You should run an onside kick. Hand it to a giant. and we don't have a giant. kick an onside kick kick. No, John Elway didn't hire me as head coach. Yeah. Kick an shut up, Adam. No. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're the coach. You're the coach. And then just like, ch- Hey, you should challenge us. You should challenge. I would, if I was in New York, I would challenge us right now. Like I'm, I'm totally shut up, Adam. Like I can just see that. And that would be just, Hmm. Beautiful television or like Flores makes a call and they just cut the gaze and he's just like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that, but you're the coach. You're the coach. I mean, like, all right. He's just not used to being a coordinator anymore. Honestly, though, that would be funny. Delete the shit out of that. Adam Gase, get the fuck away from the Miami Dolphins. You crackhead.
1: Knowing Casey the way I know Casey, I would say it's an elite tweet because he was trying to piss everybody off. And I can see in my head, just like you, Chris, it would be fun to see Brian Flores, who has turtles for arms under those sleeves. First time he calls a bubble screen to Albert Wilson, who's somehow still on the team. And it goes for one yard on third and 11. And Brian Flores just turns around and fucking cold cocks Adam Gase right in the face it might be worth it at that point. I might hire him for one season just to see Brian Flores punch him right in the fucking face. Uh, But no, i all
2: agree to, can we just all agree? Brian Flores would fucking wipe the floor with Adam Gase, by the way.
1: I'm pretty sure Adam Gase even understands that at this point, but uh, no uh, delete tweet here. Here's a good one. This is a good one here. Um, Keith Beebe at Keith Dolphin. Sure. Felt some nostalgia yesterday. Watching the dolphins get pounded in orchard park early nineties all over again jesus elite tweet or delete tweet chris uh
2: i would say delete because that's some bullshit but he said pounded which is hilarious so i'm just picturing like a buffalo bill like just fucking a dolphin and honestly looking at that score is that much worse than the 64 to whatever to the jacksonville jaguars and the afc divisional i mean we had to win and we're in that's it we had one job we were like How sad was it, by the way, that I'm sitting there looking at their inactives at 1130? I'm like, please say Josh Allen. Please say Josh (laughs) Allen. Like, I didn't trust this team at all. And then what did they do They come out? McDermott's like, fuck it. Go out there and just fist them right now fist them and Josh Allen comes up and then like they're they're like they're like linebacker got hurt and I'm like oh that's gonna be the red flag McDermott's gonna bring ring in the ring in the boys right digs got hit a little cheap shot right and they, I'm like oh they're gonna ring them back here comes the backups we're about to we're gonna sneak this one out he kept sending them out there and they just kept scoring and it was just they pounded us BB I fucking hate you you're a dick dick but BB is correct they pounded us in Orchard Park with no fans if there's fans there have been dildos everywhere by the way
1: like <laughs> i'm gonna go elite tweet because look i'm a little older than you uh, as as you've uh you know documented on this show countless countless times my childhood was growing up watching the miami dolphins hopes and dreams for a super bowl die in western new york every fucking year or down in miami because of the team from Western New York, I could remember the Miami Dolphins having home field advantage in the AFC championship game, Chris, and losing to Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, James Lofton, Daryl fucking Tally, Kent Hull, Pete Metzlars, Bruce Smith, you name it. I fucking hate it. This was my childhood. Week 17 this week was my childhood. And everyone's nostalgic about their childhood. So I'm going to go elite tweet because that guy had the same childhood that I did. All right. Uh, Speaking of petty bitterness, uh, this one comes from the Drunken Fins at the Drunken Fins. LOL. I don't care how petty or how stupid I sound. I want to see the Browns, Colts and Ravens destroyed in the playoffs. Childish? I know. Dumb? Probably. Irrelevant? Maybe. But I want them demolished. LOL. Hashtag Fins up. What do you think elite tweet or delete tweet for the drunken fins being bitter about the three teams that leapfrogged over the Miami Dolphins week 17, getting into the playoffs.
2: Hey, delete it. You're drunk because guess what? Those teams are better than our shitty team. They actually got the fucking job done. So I get that you're mad, you're salty, your girlfriend went and got a hotter boyfriend. But guess what? I'm not just sitting here jerking off hoping they lose, especially in embarrassing fashion. I don't care what happens, honestly, in the playoffs anymore So I don't really care about a team other than the Miami Dolphins because I'm not a stupid two-faced like most of you motherfuckers. So I don't have an NFC team that I'm rooting for. Go Packers. I'm not rooting for the Colts because, oh, my God, I like Frank Reich. No I'm just going to watch the playoffs for so I like football, but I'm not rooting for or against anybody, especially because they did what we couldn't, which is get the fucking job done in Orchard Park after we got pounded. BB.
1: I disagree with you. I think it's an elite tweet because that's exactly how I feel. I went all three of those teams to lose so I can see, ha ha, you didn't deserve to be there either. Now, the problem is with that logic is one of those teams in the neck <laughs> this weekend, is playing the Buffalo Bills who I also need to fucking lose. See, I'm different than you, Chris. Once we get to the playoffs, my fandom switches from cheering for a team, AKA the Miami dolphins to normally just rooting against all the other teams, which is like every other year for the Miami dolphins here. Right. So this year I have a list of teams that I want to lose. And those three are certainly on that list along with the Buffalo bills, along with the Baltimore, while the Ravens were already a part of that, along with a few others as well. So I actually think it's a lead tweet. You think it's a delete tweet? I think it's
2: a, hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bang the gong here. I, you kind of, you kind of swayed me. So hmm. he his, his his logic, of course, is them losing, um, which is fine. But his logic is for them losing because they got in over us, which I think is kind of weak sauce. But I do take enjoyment in picking a team I want to lose. So I have a, a, a favorite that I'm gonna root for. Like, for example, God, would I love the Washington football team to upset Tom Brady and those fucking Buccaneers? Man, That'd would that be, be cool? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> let's just let's just start there. Can I just start there? That's not going to happen, but if it did, I would be kind of happy. I would be sitting there watching football. I'd go from this to this, and that's a smile. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching from home, I was a straight face to a smile because Tom Brady lost with all those weapons without Bill Belichick, and that'd be pretty sweet. So I agree with you. I'm kind of in the middle there. Like, I, I don't want to be like a, you know, a little bitch. like Oh, they, they got in and we didn't. I want them all to lose, but I am going to sit back pick some teams i want to lose and that's gonna make it fun to watch
1: and i think you just made my argument for who i'm rooting for to win the super bowl this year which would be the washington football team how amazing would it be with the team that doesn't have a name
2: wins the super bowl with a quarterback and- that has one leg like lieutenant dan like that would be insane and what if they beat the fucking kansas city chiefs in the super bowl to make <laughs> oh, that happen? former team no way oh you just gave me my freaking jerk off scenario
1: Well, there you go. Well, speaking of jerk-off scenario, there is a guy on Twitter who is no longer jerking off to Brian Flores here. This comes from Vero 2.0, at not Vero 3, and this is what he says. He says, Brian Flores is now at square zero with me. Keeping Chan neutralizes all the good he's done in two years. Fucking pathetic. (laughs) I agree.
2: (laughs) Fucking pathetic. Elite tweet or delete tweet? (laughs) Um... Well, delete it now. Chan's not here. I mean, you got to go. That's got to be deleted, Vero 2.0. I would hate to see what Vero 1.0 tweet were. <laughs> but man, Brian Flores, square one, after all he's done, <laughs> he took a five win team of nobodies that was tanking, supposedly, won 10 games with Matt Collins, who, quote unquote, from a media member that spoke with Sam, said, the only reason he should be on the field is if there's zero other people available, that's who he's playing with. And Brian Flores literally went on the field to West side story, fight the Cincinnati Bengals for his players. And you, he, he went from fucking <laughs> I love the snapping, Sam. Seriously. You, you, he went from, he went to zero to you. Okay. I'll, I'll let him know. I'm sure he'll lose a lot of sleep over that bureau. Uh, I will see you next week with uh, vero bureau 3.0. Cause I was deleted. it. <laughs>
1: It would be amazing if Vero was a burner account for Chan Gailey, though. Like, wouldn't it be <laughs> like if Chan's like, what an he, asshole he this stopped firing is. me. I'm not going to get unemployment. I got to quit.
2: What a piece of shit. I'm going on my burner. Um, no, I look. I love the fact. Hold on. I love the fact that Chan Gailey at 70 years old not only knows what Twitter is, but he also knows what burner accounts are. <laughs> Chan Gailey invented Twitter, man. He invented
1: it. People people don't give that man enough uh, credit for his creationism. Um, or creativity not crea- He's not God He
2: started out as screener But he uh, changed it to Twitter He liked <laughs> birds
1: He, 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 he liked uh, Originally it was called cutback.com <laughs> cut back like that's the thing about Matt Breda too by the way like we get this guy who's super fast and the best thing that you can do is actually put him on the outside so he can stretch that defense and run around him because he's hella fast we're like you know what you should run in between the center and the guard every single time see how that works out for you so more evidence that maybe Chan Gailey did need to go I just think it was funny that this guy gets all bent out of shape Vero ripping his shirt off pulling his hair out like he kept Chan and you believe this he's a piece of shit square zero he's done nothing for this franchise what's that we went 10 and 6 we have a hella draft picks and we're getting better nope square zero because he's keeping a guy who got us to help get us to 10 and six and meanwhile like 15 minutes after he sends that tweet chan kaylee's like i don't want to work anymore sorry bye so yeah i think you got to delete the tweet he saw he
2: saw vero's tweet and he said wait they're keeping me uh hey brian uh yeah buddy i gotta go (laughs) like are you kidding me man like that is the reason really uh we've had bill laser we've had cam cameron we had all these you know mike nugent or whatever his name was uh calling the case we didn't
1: have mike nugent we had
2: ted no we didn't have ted Nugent. who was the mike guy that was like with the rams that was somebody's like father-in-law mike martz mike martz did we have mike martz i don't know we have had so many old white cotton top fucking offensive coordinators they're the same as the quarterbacks like mccoy do we keep these offensive coordinators around they keep bouncing around leagues Find someone new. Brian Flores needs to call like Kent State University's quarterbacks coach who just draws up the annexation of Puerto Rico. and Give him a fucking shot. Like we keep rehiring, rehashing these same guys. And all you get to do and all you're doing for these defensive coordinators is giving them a fucking NFL films library of (laughs) situations and scenarios to watch tape on because they've been coaching since the 40s. You need to find new blood what did like these guys are bringing in like the Joe Brady's from LSU and shit. Yes. Do that, do that and build talent and and things will be different. You can't keep bringing in chain I will agree with Vero uh, 2.8 on that.
1: I think we get Anthony Lynn and he becomes our offensive coordinator, but anyway, we'll Great. talk about that another time. Last one, last one for elite or delete here on this episode of perfect bill. This comes from Ashley with the heart emoji Uh at Ashley underscore Nataliana. It's kind of a cool name. Um, Fitz needed to be our man today. Hashtag fins up. Now she's referencing the fact that Tua did not have a good game week 17 against the Buffalo bills. Uh, she's suggesting that the, uh, COVID ridden old man, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick would have done much better against the Buffalo bills. And he needed to be the starting quarterback, uh, uh to a team that gave up 56 points, uh, elite tweet or delete tweet for uh miss Ashley here.
2: Ashley, Natalie, Tatiana, whatever. Go back to Black Widow and delete that tweet because Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't play fucking free safety. It wouldn't stop 56 points from being scored. So that doesn't matter. And that's why women shouldn't watch football. And <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> <laughs> he had COVID. What is he going to go out? This, what are you going to go give COVID to Josh Allen? He's going to stop throwing passes against Xavier Howard all day. Fucking real. Uh, and that's why women shouldn't watch. It shouldn't be driving either. Damn it! Uh, fucking kill me. By the way, if she heard that, because she let me name my son Zach Thomas, and she loves fucking football, and she really knows her shit. So that was obviously Ashley. I'm so sorry, I joke. Man, that hit good. That hit. That uh, hit good. off the top. That was a good one. But
1: that's why they shouldn't drive either, because they hold their hands at <laughs> ten and six. They don't know how to hold the wheel. It's the wrong way. Now, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the lead tweet too. I think you should be allowed to watch. uh football, but only for the commercials in the Super Bowl. no, I half-time just <laughs> show
2: the weekends playing.
1: It's just, yeah, Beyonce is going to guest. Uh, no, we're obviously being sexist pigs. That's what we do. But no, I'm going to say delete tweet because Ryan Fitzpatrick, as Chris alluded to, isn't playing free safety. I mean, unless he's out there coughing on people that week, I don't understand what he can do to slow down this Buffalo Bills train that just ran right through the Miami Dolphins blowhole. I mean, granted, like 14 of those points were not given up by the defense. So my bad. The Dolphins gave up 42 points. Guess what? We only scored 26, and Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't scoring 43 for us, so no, it wouldn't have mattered. At this point, this is what we needed, Chris. We needed Tua Tungabailoa to go out there and take his lumps and see what it feels like to not have Daddy come give him his baba and put him off to the side. He needed to be out there throwing interceptions at the end of the game. He needed to be out there to feel it and just understand what it's like to get blown the fuck out, so that way he can internalize it and then come back next season and go, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want that to happen ever, ever again. This is actually really good in my opinion, for Tua uh development long-term.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at my phone the, the few times that uh, that happened to him in Alabama, and it's fucking never. He never got blown out like that, where he's throwing pick sixes and got the shit beat out of him. His defense gave up 50-plus points. That never happened to him, especially with a you know national championship or a game on the line or some shit. It's never happened. That's why it needed to happen. And it's just like I, I told my kids, okay, I coached fourth and fifth grade. They're blended. Fourth grade, we went undefeated and lost in the championship. It was the worst feeling in the fucking world because they didn't know what it was like to lose. We went 7-0 and to start the season, playoffs included, with a bye week, and we thought we are hot shit, and we went into this championship game and a team we beat 31-12 to in a regular season, and we lost. We lost 12-6. to We gave up the same amount of points, but scored 20-plus you know, plus less because we went in with a big head. We didn't take the week serious during practice. We didn't know what it's like to lose. Fast forward to fifth grade year. The next year, we go six and one. We lost a regular season game. That sucked. We lost to them. And this team ran on the field and acted like they just won a Super Bowl, beating us in a regular season on a last second second kickoff return for a touchdown with a starting running back out of the game. They they just thought that it was the world. Well, what happened? We go to the championship game again against the same team from last year. We win. We knew what it was like to lose. You need to know what it's like watch that other team celebrate you sit there and you feel that feeling as you're watching across that sideline as the coach is getting gatorade dumped on them and you're sitting there and your teammates have worked hard as shit since training camp at coming in at free agency during covid all the zoom meetings everything and you're sitting there and you're watching another team celebrate because they're one of the division they're they're celebrating with their teammates and you guys are walking sulking off the field that sucks that's the worst fucking feeling in the world but you need to feel it because it's going to fuel you for the next few years to come and more he needed to see that needed to happen like you said dad i couldn't come in and save him we needed to take his lumps there and that's one of the reasons i wanted to it to play
1: Well, and uh, Tua did play, and he played very poorly, and hopefully he can learn from it, study the tape, and come back next time, just like we're going to come back next time and finish off this episode of Perfect Veil talking about the NFL draft. Why? Because our team isn't in the playoffs, so we have to talk about the draft. That's what we do. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, and hopefully they get it right this year, and you guys know exactly who we're talking about and what
0: we're talking about. We'll be back right after these words. Get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code FINZUP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. You put in 200, they'll match you another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This episode of Welcome to Perfectville Bill is brought to you in
1: part by Patch Vibes. That's right, Patch Vibes. Every citizen of Perfect Bill needs to go get themselves a couple of pieces of merchandise from PatchVibes.com. You can get the GTA-inspired t-shirt. You can get yourself the 347 Shula patch that you're seeing being rocked on all the jerseys this season. And here's the best part about it. Not only can you get all of that stuff, but with any purchase from PatchVibes.com, if you type in promo code FREEPATCHPOD, They're doing a little something extra for all the citizens of Perfectville because once you type in free patch pod into the promo code on patchvibes.com, not only are you going to get the stuff that you buy, but you're also going to get a free silver season patch. That's right. You've seen it on Twitter. You've seen it on social media. It is sweet, man. Get this patch for free with any purchase on patchvibes.com when you type in free patch pod into the promo box and get yourself suited up and booted up and ready for the playoffs with your Miami Dolphins. Thank you, Patch Vibes. All right, and we're back. And as you know, Chris, and I know, everybody knows, all Dolphins fans all over the world know, the Miami Dolphins are swimming their way to the third overall pick in the 2021 draft, not because they were bad this season, but because the Houston Texans were very, very bad this season. And the Houston Texans gave us all the fucking draft picks in the world for Larry Tunzel so that they could win the Super Bowl, which didn't work because... They were very, very bad. So the Miami Dolphins now have the third overall pick. We also have the 18th overall pick, which is the pick that we earned going 10 and six and not making the playoffs. We also have a couple of second round picks. We have four picks in the overall top 50. Uh, The Miami Dolphins, once again, second year in a row, control the top end of the draft here, Chris. We have a lot of picks and a lot of maneuverability. We have a lot of holes. We talked about the wide receivers, ad nauseum. We've talked about the running backs. We've talked about what Brian Flores could do if he were to go with somebody like a Micah Parsons on on the uh, other side of the ball and just solidify that linebacking core and that defense even further Uh, I want to talk about not so much the players Chris because we're going to talk about that all season long we're going to analyze the college players that are eligible for the draft but let's talk about what the Miami Dolphins could do and possibly should do with those two first round picks here so let's start with the number three overall the first pick overall Jacksonville Jaguars most likely going Trevor Lawrence number two New York Jets most likely going quarterback as well. There's some talk that maybe they go with the offensive tackle from uh, Oregon, uh, Penai Sewell or whatever the hell his name is. Um, but the third pick is ours. We aren't taking quarterback. I know people like to say we are. We're not taking a quarterback. The fourth pick, Atlanta Falcons. They've got Matt Ryan. He's about as old as Ryan Fitzpatrick, if not older. They're in the market for a quarterback. You've got three stud, quote unquote, quarterbacks in this draft. Four teams in the top four, obviously three of them need a quarterback. We're in the way of one of those. So it, I guess what I'm asking here, Chris, is what would you do? If you're Chris Greer, do you keep that third pick and go with a wide receiver or go with whoever the best available talent is, or do you trade back and take your chances that one of the wide receivers that you like, assuming we like one of the wide receivers is going to be there a little bit further down in the draft, get more picks either this year or next year and, uh, and go from there or, do you do something crazy like draft a quarterback and have a quarterback competition between, let's just say, uh, you know, Zach Wilson and Tua Tungo by because he's the best available player and he's there at number three? And you can never go wrong drafting quarterbacks uh, year over year over year. What would you do with that third overall pick?
2: First of all, you can always go wrong drafting quarterback year after year after year. Tim Couch and Brady Quinn say so. Um, but no, you don't bring a Mormon in to battle a Hawaiian Samoan guy for a quarterback. Like, although that sounds like a comic book and ridiculous, that can't happen. Here's what we do, Sam. If if you fall in love with 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 Parsons or Devontae Smith, like, if you guys can see Sam laughing in my picture. I just,
1: I'm just laughing because it was so you were so definitive. You don't bring a Mormon in
2: to battle a Hawaiian Samoan. Everybody guy. knows that. It's, it's in the Bible. You can't do it. It's in Joseph Smith's Bible. You can't do that. <laughs> Man, we're going after religion, women, everything. Oh, uh, fuck it. It's it's new year, the last. Yeah, the new year of game season's over. Kind of honing it in. No, I'm not. I'm fucking into this <laughs> shit. Let's go. So number third overall, Devontae Smith. Just won the Heisman. First time since Desmond Howard. I mean, he's getting comparisons to Marvin Harrison. Like, that's not a small feat, dude. Like, Marvin Harrison doesn't have a lot of comparisons. If you think of Marvin Harrison, you're like, oh, who else is like Marvin Harrison? You're like, I, I can't think of any. His dad, maybe? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Marvin Harrison's senior. But Devontae Smith is a perfect example of Marvin Harrison. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's not, a, he's not Jakeem Grant, speed. And he's not Devontae Parker uh, size. But what he does is his route running. And it, the way he sets up defenders, the way he like knows what the quarterback's thinking, and the way he reads zone coverages and finds the zone, and then the yards after catch. That's what he does. That's a guy, if you fall in love with him, you take him because that's a weapon right there, A very familiar with a quarterback named Tua Tonga-Vailoa who – He caught the touchdown pass in the national championship game, freshman to freshman to win that game against Georgia. So uh, and and Tua, actually there's video that's come out that Tua has talked Devontae Smith into coming to Bama to play with him, win national championships with him. These guys are close. These guys are tight. There's even like secret little messages of roses being uh, posted that are getting uh, spent around Twitter too. If you look it up, it's there. Devontae Smith, a little rosebud. Tua said the rose always blooms or whatever. So there's little secret messages. I don't know if Greer's going to listen to them. Maybe uh, Parsons might be the pick. Maybe here's my thing. Sam, you mentioned it, Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, possibly all need quarterbacks behind the Miami dolphins. And like you said, Atlanta right after us, we're in the way. If Carolina and Detroit are worried that Atlanta's going to take Justin Fields or, or Wilson and they're in love with the guy, they're calling our phone and Chris Greer is going to listen. And if Chris Greer can move back to seven or, or, or six or eight and still get chase, from LSU, which I don't think the Bengals pass on him in the I, I agree with you. Everyone's
1: got everyone's got that left tackle from Oregon going to uh Cincinnati. And I understand why to protect Joe Burrow's uh blind side, but there's absolutely zero chance if Jamar Chase is on the board at number five when the Bengals pick that he gets to number six. That let's just take that off the board right now. That is Joe Burrow's buddy, that's his homie. They won championships together. That is happening if Jamar Chase is there at five.
2: Right. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, So if you're okay with losing chase, maybe Waddell or Waddle from Alabama as well, uh, who might play in the national championship games coming off an injury. There's other receivers in this draft. There's a guy from Florida, Tooney or Looney or whatever the hell his name is. Tony. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Tony Uh, there's the tight end Pitts from Florida. That is basically a receiver. He's unbelievable. There's pass rushers. If you don't want Parsons, like Greg, uh, Gregory Rousseau from Miami, that's a mid to first round pick as well. There are so many options, Sam, that I don't want to go too far into it player wise, but there's so many things that we can do that's going to make this one of the more fun drafts in uh, Miami dolphins history. And I'm not, I'm not even just like saying that lightly because the future's so bright with 10 wins season already. We lucked out with this third overall pick and the deepest draft I can remember in years when it comes to position players and skill players and t- players that can change an actual team in one season, their rookie season. And we can bring those guys in with the defense that we already have on par with our team. Sam, it's like those one, two, three picks can be the guys that walk in and you're like, oh, you're the guys we needed. That's it. That's it. Mm, That little bit, when you sprinkle a little bit more salt in that little soup and you like take a bite and you're like, there it is. That's it. That's going to be those guys. And we can do it by doing so many things. We can even trade. We can keep three, draft Devontae Smith. We can trade up from 18. We can trade up from the second round pick back into the first and have three first round picks. Sam, I basically, this is a long way of me saying I took Friday off because I'm going to be very drunk recording live pick reactions because that's what I do and that's what we do here at Perfectville and this is going to be I'm calling it now I, I'm just going to go I'm going to go ahead and call it now why not not a ridiculous prediction this is going to be the most important draft in Miami Dolphins recent history
1: Yes. I I think the 2020 draft was probably the most important one for all the reasons of Tua and and just rebuilding this franchise. But this one is right on its heels because now you have to build the weapons. The expectation next season is that the Miami Dolphins will be a playoff contender, that they will be uh, possibly AFC East champs. I mean, the bills are going to be standing in their way, obviously, and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. That is the expectation from the Miami Dolphins fan base. uh, And I agree with you there. So I, I am curious here again, we need wide receivers. There's a bunch of free agents that are going to be available at the wide receiver position that you could shore up that bad wide receiver room we need running backs you don't really pick running backs early in the draft that's going to be something either late first round second round like a Najee harris somebody like that but i'm curious i'm just curious i keep looking at that detroit lions at number seven matthew stafford he's done i mean he's just done he's not if i'm the detroit lions i look at my roster and i go kenny galladay is a free agent marvin jones jr is a free agent matthew stafford's never going to lead us to the super bowl as the starting quarterback we have to blow it up. We have to start over. We need to get our franchise quarterback in play right now. I could see the Detroit lions. If, 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 I, if we were to get the number seven overall, we're guaranteed one of those two wide receivers. We talked about Jamar chase, uh, Devontae Smith, most likely. If you can get the number seven and then get Detroit's first round pick next season, Ooh. you might be in the same position that you are this season with having a top five draft pick. Cause the Detroit lions are going to be bad next season, but they may take that hit knowing that they have the franchise quarterback in play behind Matthew Stafford. I don't know. I just feel like it's something that we should trade back a couple. I'm not saying trade out of the top 10. I think you take that number three pick and you just trade back a little bit if you can make it work. Get a couple of extra picks either this this draft class or in 2022. There's nothing wrong with having draft uh, draft picks down the road. That's what the Patriots did every single year until they got caught cheating. And you had to take those draft picks away from them. And if the Miami Dolphins can continue to have top draft picks year over year, first rounders, second rounders, they're always going to be able to fill that pipeline with talent in theory anyway. So I think we, I think we go back a little bit. I think there's some quarterback starved teams there that are going to give up and say, look, we need the quarterback. We need to go get him now. Uh, especially, especially if somebody like the jets happen to pass on him and say, we're going to just beef up that line and go with Sam Darnold one more time. And now you got another quarterback out there. People are going to be calling us going, we need that pick. We need that pick. I don't know. I, I, I think we, it, it, I would be okay with us trading back from the number three overall, just because I think we're in a position of power. Now with that 18th pick, if we were to trade back, I think you stay put at 18 and you get yourself a pass rusher like Greg Rousseau, or you get yourself, you know, uh, maybe another lineman. We could always use more offensive linemen, but uh, if we stay at three, Let's just say we stay at three and we choose a wide receiver. What do you do with the 18th pick, Chris? What do you do with that
2: one? I think you find that pass rusher because uh, especially the the ones in the middle rounds, especially here's the, here's the thing you need to hope for Dolphins fans. You need to hope Justin Fields goes out and and has a shootout with uh, Max Smith or whatever the fuck his name is uh, from Alabama, Mac Jones, whatever. Uh, He goes out there and has a shootout and plays like he did against Clemson again when the big stage in national championship game, all of a sudden Justin Fields pretty much like a guarantee to go to the jets most likely. And maybe, maybe one of those teams, Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit trade for Sam Darnold. Who knows? Maybe they do. And that quarterback's off the board there. So guess what that means? Sewell falls down. Um, we possibly could take him which would be fine. I'm, 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 okay. Taking him too. You, you mentioned Burrow banging the table for, uh, for, for Jamar chase. Uh, I, I can see Tua banging the table for, for Sewell. Like, I need this guy. He's a monster. He's 17 years old, starting left tackle in the pack, 10 or pack 12. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. 17 years old. He's a monster. If you look at his highlights, he hurts people. Like he just goes out. We thought Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt were bullies. Like, he walks by and he's like, give me your fucking lunch money. They're like, yes, sir. Like, here it is. Like, you got it, man. Like, he is a monster. So if we add him with those guys, those maulers, all of a sudden, Tua now has literally an entourage of bullies in front of him. um, it, it, And then Ted Karras. And then um, <laughs> we're sitting there with these huge guys. um, And then 18. <clears throat> That's where you got to take pass rush because it probably drops off. I mean, pass rush you can always find kind of like we got the Strobridge from UNC in the third, fourth round. Those guys are okay. Those guys are good. They're they're never going to even be like Ogbe levels, and maybe, uh, but you can't miss you can't miss on the tj watt and the harris uh, like we did with harris you got to find that dra- that pass rusher because that is the difference between josh allen standing there in the fucking po- pocket for eight seconds allowing some no name that i've never even heard of burning Xavier and howard because who can cover somebody for eight seconds uh and, and sacking him and possibly uh, going to the playoffs so we need a pass rusher a guy that's dominant Um, and I've actually said before, I'm like, especially with Haskins being uh, cut, you're like, man, I can't believe the uh, Washington football team, like passed on Tua and Herbert and got chase young. Have you seen chase young play? Like, I I know like they won six games, but they're going to the playoffs. That guy is going to be an absolute fucking force for 10 years. Plus he is unbelievable. So if you can get a pass rusher, obviously we're not going to get one a third overall unless we get Parsons and he's ridiculous. Uh, but if you can get a Rousseau. Uh, right there in the middle I've watched him play like he only had a sample size in Miami like a one season or so uh, but he is just stupid athletic stupid huge lengthy fast you got to go pass rusher there or like you said Sam trade trade back trade back and accumulate more it's okay to pick 25 if somebody really is banging the table although I, I'm kind of done with that after last year and I'm sorry to ramble but when you pass pass on J.K. Dobbins and you pass on these guys that are like in the playoffs right now that are like doing things, can we just take those guys like if if we, if we got a sure thing can we stop trading back for the guy from Rutgers who the fuck was that that we, or we traded up for and like why did we and we didn't even need him, the receiver and you cut him after like three years and everybody loved him because Dolphins have this weird Dolphins fans have this weird thing for loving these like Devon best Brian Hartline type really trash receivers that don't do anything on any other teams like Matt Collins uh, because he does cool stone cold entrances when he gets to the locker room or the air, airport like guys can we get some talent on the team please stop trading down if there's talent there uh because jk dobbins would have been pretty fucking sweet this year by the way so i don't know i i just took a long time to tell you i don't fucking know what's going to happen sam and look like i told my dad last night whatever happens happens i'm going to sit back and enjoy it because man the future is bright if we do the right thing
1: for all the citizens of Perfectville out there, he was referencing Leonte Carew. Thank you. Thank you. Rutgers, trade up, get him. We don't need him. He's out of the league three years later. That was an obscure reference, even for Miami Dolphins fans. I mean, we, we, we talk about Steve Young more than we do. Leonte Carew <laughs> and Steve Young. has never been in Miami. Um, okay. I, I think this is what I think. If we stay at three, we trade back from 18. And the reason I think this is, I don't think you take a running back like Najee Harris at 18. I think that's still a little too high. But once you get into the 20s, there is value. And you can justify, especially Najee Harris. So I think you trade back a little bit, maybe get yourself a third round or maybe even a, a low second round pick. And you go get Najee Harris as your starting running back. And you pair him with Najee Somebody like Miles Gaskin. I don't think Gaskin, Miles Gaskin's yeah. going anywhere. And you have Najee Harris. You have Miles Gaskin. You got a young running back duo back there. Um, your line is going to get better. You still have your second round pick and your third round pick. Two second round picks and a third round pick. to if you need to go get like an Alex Leatherwood or somebody else to shore up that line even further. If you need to, um, that's what I would do. If if we trade, if we trade back from number three, then I think we stay put at eighteen. I don't think we trade back at all because now you're getting two talents that are really, really close in terms of talent. And I think you let those two grow together. And I think the play for me is if we move back from number three, let's just say we go to like number eight, let's say we trade with the Panthers or something like that. I think we get a wide receiver at number eight. And then I double down, man. It changes my strategy completely, and I go wide receiver once again at eighteen. I think you take the kid from uh, that kid Tony from from Florida. If Kyle Pitts is there, I know the tight ends have been really good for the Miami Dolphins. You put Kyle Pitts in there with Mike Gesicki as your top two pass catching tight Christ. ends. Oh my God, look the fuck out! That offense right there can't. It, it, it would be really really hard for that offense to go bad um that i don't know i just feel like depending on what we do with three dictates what we're going to do at 18 i know that sounds very very basic and also very very profound but what i mean is if we stay at three i think we trade back from 18 if we trade back from three i think we stay put at 18 and just leave it right there so uh we need wide receiver help obviously uh if you if you have a pass rusher again get pass rushers Uh, we were much improved this season we could always be better If, if greg rousseau was there at 18 i'd be shocked but that would be awesome i'll do this i doubt he's there but let's just say we're at 18 chris And Patrick Sertan, the second, is there. (laughs) We don't need a defensive back necessarily, but. Can he play safety? (laughs) (laughs)
2: He's unbelievable. unbelievable.
1: The name alone allows Miami Dolphins to accept that pick,
2: I think. Uh, Name alone, of course, uh, but with (laughs) paying Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, we're like, there's fucking 10 other positions on the field, please. I'm going to just rattle off some. And I'm not even going to like even, I don't know. We picked a corner in the first round again Uh, after paying Xavier Howard. Uh, that better include a trade for Xavier Howard to like get, I don't know, Chase Young. Um, Ooh, I take <laughs> uh, that trade. <laughs> right. And then like our second or something. But I'm going to rattle off some numbers for you, Sam, right here. <clears throat> and this is because of where I live. So you're probably going to guess now because I said that. But 157 attempts, uh, 1,140 yards, 19 touchdowns. 7.3 yard per carry average mm. being mocked everywhere into the early to mid second round. I love Travis E. I love Najee Harris. Javante Williams from UNC is a motherfucking bulldozer. He is a goddamn. Just ripped your balls off bull in a china shop. He's pissed when he runs the football. He refuses to go down. I've watched a lot of ACC football, a lot of UNC football because their quarterback is from right here where I live and my son's high school. This kid is damn good. And the reason his yards are only a 1, thousand, 140 is because the other running back, Carter, had a thousand yards too. Like they were unbelievable. And if he's there in a second, you take a pass rush on a receiver and you get him and pair him with Gaskins. You want to talk about Thunder and Lightning? That's what they had at UNC. They had Carter, Lightning. They had Williams, Thunder. Thunder. But the best part about this Thunder is that it keeps rumbling down the field because even though he's a big, strong dude at 220, he's fucking fast. And the combine might not even show it, and that might even drop him a little bit more. But there's a difference between wearing shorts and a tank top 40-yard dash speed and in the motherfucking game and your adrenaline's going crazy speed. Javante Williams, if he is there in a second and we go receiver and pass rush in the first, you run up there like Javante Williams, running through BC's defense. Pushing people over. And you draft him.
1: All right, well there you have it. You you that you guys have the strategies now for the Miami Dolphins, the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Again, once again, the Miami dolphins control the board. They got two picks in the top 20. I mean, people are going to be calling them. They're going to be calling people. They can do whatever it is they need to do. Even if they stay put and guarantee themselves two top 20 picks, that's a good day for the Miami dolphins round one of the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, Speaking of the NFL draft, there was a fifth rounder here, Chris, we're going to end on this hopefully high note. There was a fifth rounder way back when Mr. Jimmy Johnson drafted this guy and he retired. Mr. Jack Del Rio after a preseason game. Jimmy Johnson actually talked about that on the NFL Network the other day. And of course, I'm talking about Hall of Fame finalists, top 15. Once again, Mr. 54, Zachary Thomas, uh, a finalist Second year in a row for the Hall of Fame here, Chris. He's got a lot of competition. I thought last year was his year to get in because this year, as we talked about at this time last season, is going to be tough. I mean, he's got Peyton Manning. He's got Calvin Johnson. He's got Torrey Holt. He's got all kinds of people on this list. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's 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 a murderer's row. Uh, Charles Woodson is on this list. Leroy Butler, who started the Lambeau Leap. I mean, that alone might get people to come in. People are stumping for Tony fucking Baselli, which – I'm going to hold my rant on Tony Baselli getting into the Hall of Fame because if Tony Baselli, who played seven fucking seasons in the NFL, gets into the Hall of Fame before Richmond Webb and Zach Thomas, I'm going to have words with the Hall of Fame. But uh, congratulations to Mr. Zach Thomas. Chris, what do you think? You named your son after this guy. Obviously, you think he believes he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So do I. But realistically, is Zach Thomas getting in this year, 2021?
2: Um, I hope so. And this isn't even like a joke or um, maybe – trying to be facetious or anything like that. This guy deserves to go to the hall of fame. Like he is a hall of fame football player. And Zach is such a humble dude that he came out and said, just being a finalist is good enough for me. That's bullshit. Like, that's complete bullshit. He needs to be uh, appreciated for what he did for so long in an era where he's playing against the greatest defenses you've ever seen. As far as the Ravens, the Tampa Bay Bucks these teams that had Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And he's playing there with good guys too. Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan. None of those guys are in the hall of fame. Ed Reed's in the hall of fame. John Lynch is in the hall of fame. Like these guys are in the hall of fame that surrounded Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis. Zach Thomas was just, um, he, he was slower than everybody else. He wasn't as tall. He, uh, he just needs to be in man if you look at the numbers from Erlacher comparatively when Erlacher went in first first time like first ballot yeah he went to a super bowl i mean great you know that's good he went to a super bowl he was not part of an amazing defense. Rex Grossman was his quarterback. He went to the Super Bowl because how good the guys around him were. Zach Thomas was great regardless of who was around him. Whether it was Trace Armstrong, um, Adawale uh Tim Bowens, Daryl Gardner, Jason Motherfucking Taylor. It didn't matter who was around him. Zach Thomas was great, and he did it without four three speed. He did it without six four height. And he just put up number after number when, when, when um, Kevin Mowai comes out during his hall of fame speech, his, his hall of fame speech, like the one that you get, you get one of those, that's it. And he comes out and he vouches for his direct two game a year, AFC East rival that Zach Thomas should be in the hall of fame who he played against year after year, game after game. Who? Why are we letting sports writers that have never played before, like John Clayton, making these decisions when Kevin Mawai u- utilizing minutes of his only short time of a hall of fame speech, he'll never get back again, vouching for this man to be in the hall of fame. How's that not just an absolute shoe in right there. That's a, that's all I would play when, when Armando Salguero talked in last year and like, was like going to bat for Zach Thomas, I would have just walked up and pushed play on the tape of Kevin Mawai's speech saying something and hit stop and said, I rest my case.
1: That's it. you know what I would do if I was stumping for Zach Thomas. I would look at Mike Silver was on the NFL Network the other day. And he was talking about how Tony Baselli only played seven short years, but man, he was dominant. And he brings up the story about how in the playoffs, Tony Baselli was up against Bruce Smith, the Bruce Smith, two-time you know NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And if you get a chance, you know, chip him if you're running back on the way out. Chip Bruce Smith because Tony Baselli is going to be you know he's going to have a task in front of him as a rookie. And then Tony Baselli completely creamed Bruce Smith the entire. Game and Jacksonville went on to win that game, and they're like, "That's why he's a Hall of Famer." I'm like, "That's one fucking game." You even already admitted that he only played seven seasons, and their justification for Tony Basile is, "Well, look, there were seven seasons, but if he wasn't injured, man, he would have been one of the greatest of all time." I'm like, "Guess what, motherfuckers? Zach Thomas is one of the greatest of all times." Speaking of seven seasons, he's a seven-time Pro Bowler. He's a four-time first or five-time All-Pro, first-team All-Pro. I mean, he he he, he was All-Zack a decade team. He was a Pro Bowler as many seasons as Tony Baselli played, right. yet people are saying Tony Baselli deserves to be in it. I'd have nothing against Tony Baselli; He was a very good tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's not Zach Thomas. I'm sorry, he's just not. You know what could help? You talked about Kevin Why. Here's what could help. His fellow running mate this year, Peyton Manning. If Peyton Manning were to get out there and say, you know what, fuck, this Hall of Fame ain't complete unless Zach Thomas is here with me. If Peyton Manning comes out and says, Zach Thomas deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, Zach Thomas will get in. But unless Peyton Manning comes out and says that, I have a feeling he's not going to go in. And I have a feeling Peyton Manning's going to come out and say, Reggie Wayne should be in the Hall of Fame. And guess what? Reggie Wayne should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. But. They only let five in. That's the other thing that's really stupid. I don't know why they limit it to five. I think that's ridiculous. It should be more than that. If you have 15 finalists, why not fucking just in put all 15 eight. of them in? Right. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, Clay Matthews Jr. should be in. Alan Fanica, yeah, he, she should be in. Sure, why not? But, I mean, at least get to seven. You're absolutely right. Get half of those finalists in and give them a fighting chance. I I feel, and I hate, I hate to say it, I don't think Zach Thomas gets in this year. And I don't think he's going to get in until he becomes like a legacy player. Yeah. And uh, hopefully he's still around to enjoy himself. Cause,
2: cause it's stacked against these ki- kind of guys because every year there's a new batch. And then the worst part is for Zach Thomas. And this is, uh, we'll end this soon. The worst part is for the guys like Zach Thomas, these guys that are coming up next are the ones that were on the cover of Madden that were around when YouTube started, when Twitter started, when Facebook was a big deal and people are seeing highlight after highlight after highlight. And Zach Thomas kind of just dwindles and blows out that window of just being right on the par of the late nineties, mid nineties, early two thousands. Who's this guy? I don't know. And that's it. It, it, it. It's, I hate to admit that, but if he doesn't get in this year with this crop of talent, there's going to be all these other, Oh, well, that's a first ballot hall of famer. There's a first ballot hall of famer. There's a first ballot hall of famer. And it's just, there's, there's just no chance.
1: Yeah. I think Peyton Manning needs to do the right thing. And look, it's not I'm even in a enough- nationwide commercial. That Peyton Manning needs to come out and say Zach Thomas needs to go into the hall of fame with me you know it'd be great have Peyton that's Manning accept him. his award and then have Zach Thomas sack him because that's what fucking happened every time Zach Thomas played Peyton Manning. he got in his fucking face he intercepted him he ran it back for a pick six he made a forced fumble and he sacked the motherfucker I don't know he's not gonna get in and I hate to end the perfect <laughs> bummer but that's my <laughs> he's opinion not in, but fuck it he's not getting in watch sports uh, it's- <laughs> and Mormon should not fight Pacific Beline Islanders, Samoans. Oh, no, Samoans the Pacific, Pacific Islanders, Pacific Samoans. Oh God. Well, it's falling off the rails here. You're drinking. I wish I was drinking and it's time for us to go enjoy wild card football. It's time for all the citizens out there to enjoy wild card football and uh, get ready for the draft, man. Cause it's coming in a couple of months. You and I are going to spend the offseason figuring out who should stay, who should go for the veterans, for the Miami dolphins. We're going to figure out who our offensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, we're going to bitch and piss and moan that Zach Thomas didn't get into the uh, hall of fame hopefully not and then we're going to figure out who we're going to draft and then we're going to have a reaction shots and then we're going to go win the super bowl next year so it's going to be a great year for the miami dolphins and for the citizens of perfectville chris anything else you'd like to say on this very long special extended version of welcome to perfectville that's it future's bright boys future is bright and with that nothing else to say the only thing left to say on behalf of all of the fanatics network and myself and the two-time yes two-time hall of famer goodbye from perfectville later